0: Really excited, man! Just hear what God's laying on your heart this morning, John. So I'm just gonna hand it over to you. Okay. Thank you. Good morning, church. It is an honor and a privilege to be up here. Um, I thank Mike and the team for letting me be with you this morning to share the text. And in this summer series, you've been going through First John, book of First John. And the overarching theme of this sermon series is joyful assurance in Jesus. Joyful assurance in Jesus. And before we get a closer look at today's specific text, I have a personal question that I want to ask you Have you ever struggled with spiritual doubt? Even more specifically, have you ever lacked assurance because your heart condemned you? If that's you today, then this passage is meant for you. And so as we look at our text, in verse 19, and I'm reading of the NIV here, says this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Now, I believe in the ESV, it says, and we reassure our hearts before him. This reassurance actually means resting in the presence of God. So we're going to look at a theme for this specific text And that is that our hearts can rest in the presence of God. Our hearts can rest in His presence. We're going to look at this in three ways. The first way is found in verse 20. Our hearts can rest in the presence of God through His testimony. And then we're going to look at next, we're going to actually jump to verse 24. Our hearts rest in God's presence by and through His Spirit. And then we're going to end by looking at when we realize that our hearts can rest. What does that mean for us? How can we apply that to our lives and the outcomes of having a heart that can rest in his presence? So, first off, our hearts rest in God's presence through his testimony. Look with me at verse 20. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything we need to ask the question, what is a condemning heart? What does it mean to have a heart that condemns you? I think one of the primary ways that our hearts can condemn us is when we as believers fall into sin. See, what happens so often is we will fall into sin And then our hearts will say, wait, a believer wouldn't do that. God says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. God hates sin. Yet I, as a believer, just sinned. And our hearts will then say to us, you're not a believer. God's not in you. You don't love God. I want to give you guys an illustration here. About a a week and a half ago, my wife, we took our son, Micah, to Michigan's Adventure. Anyone know Michigan's Adventure in Muskegon? Amusement park out there. We went with my sister and her two kids. And you can see that ride right there, it says Mad Mouse. So we got in line for Mad Mouse, and while we were in line, we realized that my nephew was too small to go on the ride. So me, being the great uncle that I am, I said, you guys can go on Mad Mouse, and I'll take him to go on any ride he wants to go on, just the two of us, so he wouldn't feel left out. So we let them go on Mad Mouse, and I took him, and I said, his name was Cam. I said, Cam, which ride do you want to go on? And we saw this little ride called the Frog Hopper, and I was hoping he would pick that. So I said, what about the Frog Hopper, Cam? He said, no. He said, I want to go on that. Well, the that is what you see in the background. It's the Ferris wheel. Now, since you don't know me, I'm going to share a little insight about myself. I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, I had committed to go on the Ferris wheel because I told him any ride he wanted to go on, go on with him. So we get on that Ferris wheel. We're going up and up and up and up, and my heart starts to do this. Right. And thoughts start coming in my head. I look around, we're taller than the trees. Now we're even higher than Mad Mouse that I was willing to go on. We got almost all the way to the top. Another thought came into my head. You know what that thought was? We're going to (laughs) die. We are clearly going to die. We're going to die because... If we fell from here, we wouldn't break a leg, it would be over. I look over at Cam, and Cam's smiling. And he's talking to me about his chickens at home and all this stuff. Well, we go even higher and we make it all the way to where we're at the peak. And I guess it was a test of my faith because you know what happened when we were at the peak? The Ferris wheel stopped. Another thought came in my head, I said, let's look up. I looked up and there was one rusted bolt (laughs) holding our seat there that we were in from our pending doom. And the thought that came in my head then was, we really are going to (laughs) die. And I said to Cam, I said, Cam. Aren't you afraid? Aren't you nervous right now? We're taller than the trees. And he said, no, this is fun. I want to ask you, what's the difference between my heart and Cam's heart? We're both experiencing the same reality. My heart was telling me things that were true if that bolt snapped, we would die. We were taller than the trees. The problem with my heart is that it only told me half of the truth. And because of that, I was crippled with fear, anxiety, despair, The other part of the truth is that there was a master engineer behind that Ferris wheel. It was designed for safety and enjoyment. And it had been run through test after test after test to make sure that that bolt would never snap. See, I want to bring it back to our text. When our hearts condemn us, it tells us part of the truth. It's true you've sinned. It is true that God says, he who loves me will keep my commands. But what's the problem here is that your heart is not looking at God. God. See, what does John say in verse 21 here? If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater. He is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. With God being greater, we can look to the cross. You see, when your heart condemns you, believer, this is what you do. Say, Heart, you're right. I sinned. God hates sin. But come with me and look. You see that? That is God hanging on a cross. And you know what's hanging up there with him? My sin. And as Sebastian said earlier, that's not just the sins I've done. It's past, present, and future. Every sin that I commit is nailed on that cross. And on the cross, Jesus is greater than your sin. God is greater than your sin. And in light of the cross, your heart cannot condemn you. There is a freedom in knowing that God is greater than your heart. And He also knows all things, which means if you have come to Him and believed in Him, you were saved. And your name is written in the book of life. And no sin will erase your name from the book of life. No condemning heart will erase your name from the book of life. There's a second way that we can address our condemning heart and that it can rest in the presence of God. God. This is where we jump to the 24th verse. The one who keeps God's commands, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. The spirit. And more importantly, that word is abide. What's so fascinating in this text is in 1 John, all the way up to this point, he's told believers to abide, to abide. You need to abide in God, abide in Christ, abide in love, abide in one another. But this is the first time John says, God abides in you. He abides in you. And how does He do that? Through His Spirit. We have the hope and assurance that God is abiding in us through His Spirit. And that is another way our hearts can rest in His presence. What does this mean that our hearts can rest in the presence of God through His Spirit? I think there's several important things, but the biggest of those, I would say, is, you can find this in Romans 8 especially, that the Spirit assures, He assures us of our salvation. He assures us that we are in Christ, that we are born again. He is the seal. You know, I'm married, and if my wife is not around, and if I start having doubts, boy, I don't know. I haven't seen her in a while. I wonder if we're still together. You know what I can look at? That ring. That ring she gave to me on our wedding day. That ring was the sign and seal of her covenant to me that she will never leave me or forsake me. So when I start having doubts, I can look at that ring and say, Oh yeah, no. She made a covenant. The Holy Spirit in your heart is that sign and seal. That when your heart starts getting restless, when you start having doubts, you say, Oh no, I'm part of a new covenant. I've been sealed. I've been sealed with a price. You know, John really parallels in the gospel here what he wrote In John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. I'd encourage you to look at it with me. Jesus has just told his disciples that he's going to leave them and they can't follow him. And it says their hearts are troubled. And this is what Jesus says I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees or knows him. But you know him, and listen to this, for he lives in you and will abide in you. Jesus says forever the Spirit of truth is in you. And He lives and abides in you. What does it mean that the Spirit is in us? We looked at He's the assurance of our salvation. He also empowers us to keep God's commands. And this empowerment also goes into the sanctifying work. The Spirit is working in your heart, believer, making you more like Christ. And as you become more like Christ, you will obey His commands. You will love Him more. You will do the things of God more. He illuminates the truth for you. And He's a comforter. He's a comforter during hard, dry seasons of life. With this reality, let's look at the outcomes. What does this mean now, that we have the Spirit of God who abides in us? What does it mean that our condemning heart cannot condemn us in the presence of God? Verse 22 Verse 22. And we receive from Him... Actually, 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And to love one another as he commanded us. This first means that we can come confidently before the throne of God in prayer. A heart that is condemned does not come confidently to God. but now that your heart can no longer condemn you, you belong in the presence of God. See, this is an identity change. You are a son and a daughter of the King of Kings. That's who you are. And a son or a daughter of the King of Kings can enter his throne room with confidence. And they can ask him, Anything and he will give it. Now some of us this text. So I would point you, we're gonna just preview 1 John 5 verses 14 through 15. And that text, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, he says, according to the will of God. According to the will of God. So someone who can come confidently to God in prayer also has an intimate relationship with God. When you have an intimate relationship with God, you know God's heart. You're not going to ask him for things that go against his heart. And if your prayer is unanswered, if you are close and intimate with the Lord, you will submit to his will because you say, God, I know you so well. And if your answer is no, I trust you. And yet, this is also a father who does hear us, and he will answer us. And the second thing is that we can obey his commands. We can keep his commands, and what are those John says them here. I believe there's two commands. In verse 23, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. To believe in Jesus and to love one another. You know what's really interesting about this word, to believe in Jesus? To believe does not talk about the moment of salvation. That is required. But this is a timeless and an active believing. This is a getting up every day and believing in Jesus and John is on to something here because in the gospel of John this word to believe is used almost 100 times in his gospel in 19 of the 21 chapters in the gospel of John he uses the phrase to believe so there's something here that John wants us to grasp do you daily believe in Jesus and that means taking my heart and I believe what he did for me. Every day I believe that he paid for my sin. This is an act of believing. Every day I believe in what he accomplished. I believe that my identity is found in him and what he did for me. Believe, believe, believe. And the second command is to love one another. And I'm thankful that a couple weeks ago, Andrew hit on this really well, this theme of loving one another. For the sake of time, I'm not going to go into it. But I just think it's a beautiful picture of who Christ himself was. I can think of him washing the disciples' feet in the ultimate way of loving one another with him up on the cross. So, love each other, believers. Before I close, I want to address something. There may be people in this room whose heart doesn't condemn them, but they've never come to the cross, they're not in Him. See, this is not meant to assure you if you have not come to Jesus. Because the presence of God outside of Jesus is a consuming fire. So I would urge you, if your heart doesn't condemn you, or even if it does condemn you, but you've never come to Christ, that you would come today. And then all of these promises are true. Everything we've talked about is your reality. It's your truth now. Church, believers, if your heart condemns you, let it condemn you no longer. Would you have confidence before God? Would the Spirit assure you that you are His child? Would you follow Him? Would you believe in Him? And when you love one another as Christ loved us. And in closing, I I can't think of a better demonstration of this of resting our hearts, abiding in God, and Him abiding in us than taking communion together. So when we take communion, would this truly be you resting in the presence of God and he resting in you? Let's pray. Lord, as we read this text and as we've talked about, God, is not about us. May those of us, Lord, who are looking too much at ourselves and too little on Jesus, would we turn our eyes on Jesus? Would we see that you are greater than our condemning hearts? And God, would we rest in your presence? God's people said, Amen.